This is the Culture of Influence. I'm Shane Howard. And I'm Dr. Brad Shuck. Follow along as we dive into everything culture, from interview to exit. I think we're definitely oh, good. We, we were recording because I so, was on. I did a trip one time with a friend of mine, and we took a bunch of pictures. We went parasailing. We did snorkeling. We ate great food. Took pictures of everything, and then we figured out we didn't have any film in the camera. This is back before they were mm. like digital mm. cameras. That so would be, uh, I just want to make sure we're gonna be able to capture all this because it's about to be a very good podcast. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's I mean, the film is in the camera Nate, is what you're saying. You know, my my trusty video and audio technician yes. okay. um is definitely not here. So it's Okay. We miss you, Nate. Where if yeah, I mean, this might be the greatest podcast ever, but won't get recorded. It isn't recorded. So it <laughs> That's literally exactly right. It literally live as a myth. So I have some questions for you, but before we get started on that, I just want to acknowledge it's fall season. We're currently right now we're sitting in, we're at my house in Kentucky. Uh, Shane also lives in Kentucky, but this house is my house in Kentucky, not Shane's house. We have fall decorations out. We've got scarecrows and pumpkins and acorns and wood chips. And it's exciting. Yes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, you know, um, I think the fun part about this for us is, um, you know, it's not just a set down, let's dive right in and let's have like this, you know, class on a topic. Yeah, we're not that, you know, but there's definitely a theme to all of this. So if you haven't listened to the first couple episodes, check them out. You're definitely missing out. Yep. Um, and you'll know that up to this point, we haven't actually had a name for this. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Um, the cool part about that is we now have a name. We have a name. We, we're going to name. We're going to. You get to do that, man. I get to do it. Yes. So for those of you that have kind of at this point followed or maybe you've now, you know, ran into Brad and I at a speaking engagement or, um, you know, something of that nature, some kind of meet and greet or, you know, just networking in general, you know that um, we've got a, a plan and a, and a game plan for what we're wanting to do with this. So what that is, is the podcast is going to kind of, maybe it's the right, precede? Yeah. You know, precede the book. And we're going to, we're, we're in the process, some of you years from now, maybe already reading this and the book's already written or um, I got hit by a truck and, and I wrote, only Brad wrote the book. And I wrote the book. Right? Only, only Brad wrote the book. And so at that point I usurp, I'm going to usurp this podcast, the name just. Yeah. It's, 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 I'm you actually, if that's the case, I don't know Shane Howard. Yeah. So you never even heard me. <laughs> that's yeah, right. You don't even, you don't even know who I am, but so we, you know, we wanted to come up with a name. We've, you know, this is going to be something to where we talk about leadership, where we talk about uh, culture, both, you know, in teams and in relationships and in personal life and professional life and sports and all those different things. Because, you know, Brad, 
is obviously his credentials. If you've gotten this far, you, you know about him. I'm lesser known than he is in some of these aspects, but I'm more of a practitioner of a process that Brad and I both believe in. Brad is very much, a, a, you know, a, a scholar and scientist, if you will, in a lot of these things where we talk about culture and how it really works and affects and, you know, how it works, you know, going into the 22nd and 23rd century, right? So it's going to be different. The workplace is different. Your inner social relationships are different. So we are doing this podcast, which is going to segue into a book, which is then going to segue into, you know, talks where you guys, you know, either already have or can, you know, have Brad and I, have Brad and I come out. And Brad, I think we want to, we want this to really be something different than what most people get when they have speakers. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a huge craft beer fan. And one of the things that I love every year is that they have these things called collaborations where these craft breweries get together that typically don't work together and they create something really cool and unique. And when I think about what we're doing here, this is, this is what I would call like a, a it's like a speaking collaboration. We're bringing, two different perspectives, two different ideas that are joined together through one path. And we're going to create something really cool and special from it. Yeah. So kind of like in the, in the craft beer world, kind of like a passion fruit lambic let's and a winter a, wheat beer getting a little ahead of ourselves here but yeah i mean that's yeah, the idea I'm, I'm, I'm i would definitely consider myself the passion fruit lambic no of the, no of one the, knows what you're talking about at all they know they absolutely know <laughs> if you know if you know what a lambic is or you know a good lambic comment down below wherever you consume this or or email us um or now, send us or if you can find a passion fruit lambic will you send it to shane That'll make his absolutely, day. absolutely. We'll put his find me on the socials at the Shane Howard. I'll send you my address. Ship him a case or two. Yeah, and so that, like that's what I think is cool about this is um, it's a collaboration between two folks who really believe and are very passionate about helping people live better lives. And one of the things we were talking about earlier is kind of what's your why. And you know, for me, I really that resonates with me that this idea of culture and when people go to work and when people are with families and in communities and I see culture as a ubiquitous term, right? Like there's culture when Shane and I went out to lunch today, there was culture, there was a culture definitely alive in that restaurant that those things nudge people in directions where they live life in different ways. And I think when we're talking about a workplace, we're talking about leadership and uh, we're talking about team development, organization development, these are the, this is the lifeblood that helps people live better lives through their work. And absolutely. And I, I love that we get a chance to kind of explore this a little bit. So can I ask you a question? Yeah. So we were talking a little earlier about health and uh, Shane and I had some long conversation about health and just long, long, very yeah, long and personal conversation. Yeah. I mean, you know, men's health, like it's a serious issue. We, absolutely. It, men need to be talking about it, taking this more seriously, which most men don't. We, yeah. And that's, that's a problem. Um, you need to see a doctor. You need to go to get your annual, you need to get your blood work. There's, there's some analogy here with, uh, health in terms of physical health, like, you know, being personally a healthy person and then cultural health and, and having a healthy culture at work. And so Shane, I'm just wondering like, what are, 
what are some of the things that you see that are important for maintaining a really healthy culture? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you, I mean, well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't actually know this, but um, the last two days have been um, exactly this for me at, you know, at my business. So, um, you know, my, my, my team knows, I mean, I don't, I don't share anybody's deep, intimate, personal things, and I'm not going to use anybody's name, but um, we've, we've had an employee who's been with us for a decent amount of time. And, you know, they've, they've definitely grown in their time with us, right? So they've grown within their time with us and definitely progressing and becoming a better and better and better human being and professional being, right? And we've grown as a business in that time. So that's different, right? It's, it's, it's very much like you're an only child and then your parents has triplets, right? Now, all of a sudden, um, now you gotta, you know, now I'm not getting the same attention. I'm not involved in the same discussions. Now these are different. You're going to the zoo without me because I'm at school and like, you know, there's different things, right? So that's kind of what we've been dealing with a little bit. And this person, um, means well, and there's been a really un there's, there's, there's been an unhealthy, unhealthy energy, uh, if you will, you know, during meetings and things like that. And I'm, I'm really proud because in going through this, it's definitely stressful for me. Um, people that know me know I deal with everything head on. Uh, if there's a problem, I, I deal with it immediately. If I, if I think you're out of line with something, or I think you're, you know, you're, you're, you're not in the right place personally or whatever. I'm going to sit down. We're going to have a chat about it. Even if you're my friend, not just at work, we're going to have, we're going to go through that. So these things have happened. And, and, and I think I've visually been stressed out about it. People have been able to tell, and this relationship dynamic has been a little bit sticky and I've had some newer staff members, you know, pull me aside and say, Hey, you know, we're aware, we see it, you know, what can we do to help? And I didn't really know how I was going to address this issue because it's hard. You got somebody who's been with you for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, 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 you know, you're probably part of the problem in some ways because you've allowed this to become the issue. And so when you, let me just pause. So when you say you're probably a part of the problem, like you're talking about yourself right there. Absolutely. And, And that's, and I'll be honest, if you're, if you're the founder or CEO of a company, everything is your fault. All of it, every bit of it. There is no, I didn't know. There is no, well, that's, you know, that's not how I would have done it. If they would have done it like this, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, it's your fault. Yeah. The buck stops with you. Okay. And what I found out is this person who we've had this friction with, me and this person, um, got pulled aside by some of his own team members, um, one in particular, after this exchange in this meeting that, got a little bit testy and they were very honest with him and they were very honest with, Hey, this is where you're wrong and you shouldn't go about doing this. And he cares about you. And for whatever reason, you're not taking it that way. You're taking every, you're, you're taking everything personal. Right. Um, so I found this out from the person that I, we were having this friction with who pulled me outside and said, Hey, are we good? And we have this very, personal conversation about life and look, I'm aware of these things 
And sometimes, sometimes you just don't know, right? So you gotta, you gotta have that. You gotta have that uncomfortable conversation as men, you know, you know, I think our generation is definitely changing, but you know, in, in relation to what you're saying, you know, you gotta have that uncomfortable conversation, right? In, In fair context, Brad and I are the same age. We, you know, push pretty hard in our personal life. That's right. Because I shared some personal things and health things that I was going through over the last couple of months with Brad. It got his brain thinking and working. I went and got checked out. And he went and got some blood work done. And, you know, so it's, it's, it caused him to want to be better. So one of the things that I, I hear you talking about in terms of theme, a lot, there are a lot of things, but I, I want to harp on this for a second. And that is, you're not talking about a healthy culture as a, as an always uh, positive culture. And I use the word positive in rain. Like it's, it, it just feels good all the time. It's all rainbows and unicorns all the time. Never, that, never. It's never, it's actually never like that. That's so what you, that's not your definition of a healthy culture. I don't want to say that there's no such thing as that. Um, because there's definitely, I guess that's kind of like saying in social media, like, you know, everybody's not telling the truth about how happy they really are in life on social media. Yeah. Elon there's, Musk was talking about that. Yeah. Um, there's, there's, yes, yes. So, and yes. Instagram and the yes. challenges with Instagram and filters and, and things like that. Yeah. I think, I think that, but now, so, so there's, there's two folds to that. So, meaning everybody doesn't put their truth out there. No different than this exchange right here. Yeah, totally. Brad and I just talked about personal things, and neither one of us were openly forthcoming about what exactly. I mean, I, the medical things were. I don't know these people. I mean, Co- correct. No, no, and, but that's what I'm saying. Like, like you still put. You don't put everybody. You don't put everything. You don't put your whole truth out there. Now, I do in a personal life. I tell about my past. I tell about my, you know, my bad. You know, my. Decisions. Bad fortune, sure. you know, you know, family upbringings yep. and decisions that I've made, or all those different things. I own all of those because a person can never use those against me um, in any way. So, you, 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 no one lives perfect, right? And and when you actually sit down as men and you start having conversations, the conversation actually keeps going and gets really in depth because you're like, oh, I'm not the only person who's actually yeah, with. yeah, and there's. There's a collegialness in that. There's friendship in that. There's um, there's a kind of a bondedness in that. But I, I, I want to go back to something you were just talking about, and that was that you speak truth into your. Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say your past, but you you speak truth into that because that's the reality. And isn't that true about culture where when we speak truth into what's happening and we speak into the context and we speak the reality of what's happening that helps us be healthier. If something's not going well at work and I'm uncomfortable with the situation, not talking about it isn't going to be helpful for me down the road. It's going to make me more uncomfortable. In fact, it may result in resentment or bitterness, but it's when, and you and I talked about this earlier today, it's when you're willing to have the conversation, even when it's uncomfortable, that conversation helps you live in a healthier way, in a, in a healthier, more well-being focused perspective. Absolutely. And you have to, 
like you have to have that uncomfortable conversation. You know, what, what, what's the one dream that's pretty consistent that everybody deals with from a fear standpoint? It's, it's being up in front of a class and having to present or a large group of people and you're naked or you're in your underwear, right? It's like, I can't hide. I can't go from anywhere, right? So, you know, I have a metaphor that I use when, you know, people come to me and they're having trouble communicating with each other. Sometimes it's in your personal life or whatever. And I'll, I'll say, you know, obviously not in your workplace, you can't do this, but figuratively, not literally, you have to both strip down naked and sit in front of each other so you can't hide from anything. And you have to have that open communication. You have, you know, we, you know, we, you know, I don't know the psychology behind it. I don't have a psychology degree, but, you know, people wear big coats because they're hiding, like, you know, they're hiding things, right? You you know, you, you do these things and you have to be willing to address those things. Now, it's uncomfortable for most people. Because most people in their life run or avoid confrontation or problems. I would argue that the most joy you can have in your life is having every difficult conversation. So when we're talking about, I also want to be clear about something. Shane and I are both clothed, fully clothed. 100% clothed. We have sho- I, we, I even have shoes on. We, we all both even have shoes and socks on. Absolutely. Um, when we're talking about a culture of influence, maybe one of the distinguishing factors of a culture of influence is having that transparent communication, having that authentic, um, having that authentic, challenging conversation. It's not always going to be positive. Healthy, healthy does not equal positive. So maybe a culture of influence is that transparent communication. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and Brad, you know, we didn't actually get to it earlier, so Brad brought it back around for me. So, so the official name of what we're doing, name of the book, name of the podcast is Culture of Influence. And that's Brad's idea. My idea of that is the culture of influence from the interview to the exit, right? So so in what Brad is saying, and some of you might be thinking, well, maybe they're meaning to say influence of culture. No. I actually believe it should be the other way around, meaning it's culture of influence, meaning your culture should be of influence where it grows in a positive way, meaning in the right way throughout whatever you're doing, you shouldn't be influenced by your culture. So, and we'll get into that, you know, a little bit, that's a whole nother dig in, but here's the reality of it. When you're a leader, you are only dealing with problems. You're a firefighter. Yes. And now I, how many people who's, who are listening right now can, 100 percent step into that scenario right you're a leader you're i'm I'm, so one of the things i love about this is that it trans it transcends a bunch of different contexts and i'm not taking a bunch of time because i don't want to get i don't want to interrupt your thought process here but how many people can relate to the idea of i'm a husband i'm a community leader i'm an entrepreneur i'm a leader i'm a project manager and what i deal with on a day-to-day basis are i'm a firefighter and I'm putting out fires on, and I'm working through challenges. Well, every most, day. most, most leaders in a business are also leaders. And, and this isn't male or this is, this is not like, you know, this um, is gender, gender yes, neutral yeah, for yeah, sure. Absolutely. absolutely. So, so, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're the CEO and she's a CEO of a big business, she's probably the CEO at home. 
Yeah. Right. For sure. So, so what, what does that mean? That means people rely upon you to make sure that things are running smoothly. Right. So, so you, you, guess what? The person who's in charge, the person, you never hear about the person in charge getting all the glory and shine for all the good things that happened. Hmm. Why? Because a majority of what anyone, a majority of what any person deals with that's in charge is dealing, your job is to help everybody else work through their problems. I, w- I, would, I would go so far as to argue that, and I, I can think of some recent examples in popular media and, and big business where leaders have been in positions to take all the glory. Those have not been what we would define as a culture of influence. We would define those cultures as dysfunctional. Uh, I would even, I don't I would I would call that as toxic. Yeah, hundred percent, absolutely. That's it's that's not what we're talking about here. That's um, that's the antithesis of what we're talking about here. What getting at the idea of what it means to be someone in a position of opportunity to influence lives for the better. That is a culture of influence. That is that's what that means, and uh, it it's not being in a position to take to take all the good no, stuff. No, it's not. And, and, and the wild thing about it is, so so being a leader and being a parent are almost identical. Yeah, it's amazing. Meaning, if you're a leader in your business and you brag about every team member's success, that would be the equivalent of every time your child from kindergarten to grad school passes a test, you get on Facebook and you boast about how good you did as a parent and what you did. And that's why they got that. And so, yeah, so that there's an important distinction there, right? So the idea is that I did so well as a parent, I, I live or take credit for my child's success. I don't empower or elevate the success of the person who actually did the work. I don't, Absolutely. I don't celebrate that. Yes. And I don't celebrate you. I'm not celebrating you. I'm celebrating me. I'm celebrating me. Look at me. I'm so important. Yeah. I did such look how good I, did, I am. Look how good I am. That's the toxicity and dysfunction. Which, which is funny. About. Again, this is literally a conversation I just had. So I've, I've got, I've got an employee who is just found out they're going to be a father for the awesome. first time. Congratulations. To them. And absolutely. Absolutely. Congratulations to them. And you know, one of the things I was giving him as we all give unsolicited advice to, soon to be parents because we think they actually are going to a understand what we're talking about and b retain it. And they are uh, not terrified. <laughs> yeah, like, right. It's like, it's like a deer in the headlights. Right. So one of the things I explained was it's no longer about you. Hmm. The moment you find out you're going to be a parent. Oh my gosh. I've had this conversation. It is never, it is never ever about you. Meaning I'm not saying you don't have your life and you don't enjoy things, but the decisions that you make, now 100%. Listen, that's not even the case when you get married because you're not attached to that person. That person will function in life whether you're married to them or not. Yep. Your child arguably cannot function properly without you. Okay? So that you can like it everything I every decision that I make, good or bad, is impacting that person no different in a business right every decision i make is going to impact you the culture that i allow as a parent and that and that's the cool part about this podcast is 
you know, we, we definitely are leaning more towards a professional environment and, and that's, you know, that that's on purpose. But the cool part about this is we're all human. We all have intersocial relationships. We all have parent. I mean, well, listen, if we're here, we have a parent. You might not be a parent, but you have a parent. So there's, you know, parent child dynamic. There's, you know, sibling dynamic. There's coworker dynamic. There's teammate dynamic. And they're all like, it's all the same. And it all goes back to sitting down with the doctor and saying, Hey, here's some concerns I have. It's amazing. Isn't it? I, when I work with companies and work with leaders, I'll often say you can call it employee engagement. You can call it community engagement. You can call it family engagement. You can call it whatever you can call it work engagement, job engagement. So whatever you kind of engagement, it doesn't matter the word you put in front of it. The principles don't change. The context may change, but the principles don't change. And this is the same thing here where the context changes. The, there's, as you mentioned, family dynamics, community dynamics, work dynamics. The principles of living a – facilitating a healthy culture, uh, a culture of what we would consider to be a culture of influence, um, isn't isn't always about the rainbows and unicorns. It is sometimes – Most about, of the time it's not. It's about facing some hard truths, and you and I have both had some experiences in just the last couple of weeks where – We've had to take a look in the mirror, face some hard truths, but you know what? I'm better. I know that I'm better. Was I nervous? Oh, dude, I was nervous. You're still probably nervous. Yeah, I'm still nervous yeah, because I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the outcome of that's going to be. Correct. Do I? Am I better off now as a result of that? A hundred percent. Yeah, Absolutely. and that's the thing. So that's all. There's a statistic, and I'm, I might be off by the number, but we spend sixty-four percent of our adult life working. Yeah. At a job. That's. Yeah, incredible. I don't want anybody who chooses to come and dedicate 64% of their life to something I'm trying to build to be unhappy. Right. So I want to address anything that could be unhappy so that I can get in because it's okay if this isn't the place for you. I've literally had people that I've had to let go in the last 30 to 60 days. And in that conversation, it also ends even week or two later, that person may not answer my text or may not answer my phone call, but I'll send a message. Hey, if I can do anything to help you get a job, if yeah. I can do anything, Let me know. that's what you should do. Yeah. That's, that's also uncomfortable. Sure. I just, I just had to, I just had to do one of the most emotional shattering things that happens to us as an adult. I just had to remove that person from their day-to-day job. Hmm which upsets their family, which makes me look bad, irregardless of makes you feel bad too. how I right. Mean, and, and, and I always try to do it. And, and I'll be honest. It doesn't make me feel bad because I'm very, very transparent and nobody ever knows that we're not about to sit down and have this conversation. When we have that conversation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll also argue that I like, I do everything I can to, again, it's, it's, it's that, it's that, it's it, again, we, this, this, this started by sitting down with your doctor. This is the same thing only as if your doctor knows everything that you're doing that affects what they can help you with. Mm. And then they come to you and say, Hey, I'm not going to wait for you to make the appointment. I'm free in 30 minutes. I need to have a chat with you in my office. Well, that technology is coming that we're only bound oh, by absolutely. that technology. Absolutely. 
But well, that's, that's well, coming. Apple Watch. Yeah. Right? It's got an ECG in it. Yeah. Which, if Your Apple. doctor's going to get notified if you're having a heart attack. If Apple wants to send Shane and I Apple Watches, oh, absolutely. we'll 100% review them on this podcast. We'll, I'll dedicate a whole hour to review a new Apple Watch. But yeah, so that technology's coming, right? And it's only by proximity of being with somebody all the time that we're able to have those kind of conversations. But it requires you to live as a leader and lead as a leader from an authentic perspective. Right. So you can't be, you can't hide behind the uncomfortable conversations. I don't, I don't want them to be unhappy. Yeah. So I'm actually doing you a favor by addressing something that's there because the last thing I want you to do is hate the 64% of your life. So let me put, can I put some science behind that? So absolutely. I, so I think if, if I was listening to this, I would think like, man, that sounds really crass. We did some research a couple of, over the last three years, uh, I, I'm on faculty at the University of Louisville, so we did some research on key leader behaviors that drive performance. And one of the top three leader behaviors that we've been able to identify and isolate is this idea of accountability. Now, to be honest with you, we were a little surprised by that. We were like, well, wh- how can accountability be a top three key leader behavior that drives performance? And here's how. You only have to think about a time when you worked in an environment where the leader didn't hold folks accountable, or there wasn't a, a culture of accountability, and what that did to erode the emotional engagement of the entire team. So what we find is that when there is that sense of accountability, that dignified accountability, and we're able to have challenging conversations that help us get better, that aren't destructive conversations, they're constructive, they're rather they're constructive conversations, they help us get to a different level. In fact, we go so far as to say in, re- in the research that the most compassionate thing that you could possibly do is hold your team accountable. Agreed. Yeah. But. And, 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 and that starts with holding yourself accountable. 100%. In fact, the leaders that we identified held themselves to a different standard and held themselves accountable. Yes. Yeah, you 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 can't expect someone else to do something that you're not willing to do. That's right. Meaning, okay, cool. You have a great relationship with your VP of sales, right? You and him very transparent, you know, there's you know, there's defined lines of what you can and can't discuss, but lines are pretty open and you can have pretty personal in-depth conversation. Right? If you're not willing to, though, practice what you preach with them and actually call them on their stuff, then you can't expect them, just because they have that relationship with you, doesn't mean that they're now going to practice that and be a practitioner well, you can't of have a, to their you, team. You can't have a culture of influence if you're not willing to do that. that that's for sure. You're going to have something, but it's likely not going to be at the level in which you would hope it to be at it. It's not going to be what we would consider to be a culture of influence. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you, 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 again, I mean, again, it goes back. You, you gotta be here. Here's, 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 here's probably, I mean, this is probably some, this is definitely not going to agree with some people, but if you're willing to, if you're, if you're the CEO or owner of a business, unless you're, an absolute prodigy in your field and what you're doing, you have two options. You either step down because if you're not willing to do all the, if you're not willing to do the ugly, gross, nasty things 
that you have to do, you know, then you're doing your business a disservice. What What are some of those ugly, nasty, gross things? Well, meaning, well, what I mean is, is if you can't do it, then you have two options. Either step down and get out of your business's way or step aside and hire someone in who can do those things for you. So, so there's a guy that I follow, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, VaynerMedia, massive on social media. Um, definitely how we do things are definitely aligned, massively successful guy. His number two person in his business is a lady named Claude. Her title, Chief Heart Officer. Love it. So she is the most powerful, influential person in that business. Yeah. And she's the head of HR. Yeah. And I think it's awesome. Yeah, I do too. I love that. Now, it's not a traditional HR. Does it have to be? Everybody's scary yeah. and, oh, yeah. stay away from them. Yeah. You know, um, but you have to be like, but he, but, but that's because he's got a team of 1,500 people and he can't. Of course. You can't do that at scale, of right? Course. Um, those nasty, hard things that you asked, that's sitting somebody down and saying, I don't know what you've been doing, but it's not working, and let's talk about it. Now, you might say, well, that's normal, right? But then when they say, I'm fine, and you clearly know they're not fine. you At that point, you have a responsibility to take the conversation a step further by saying you're not fine. Things aren't fine. Let's talk. Let, let's talk about this. Uh, here's, here's some things that I've noticed. Here's some things that I, that, that Again, I, I'm going to relate it to the, I'm going to relate it to the doctor. Yeah. Your doctor, you go, you go to your, you go to your annual checkup. You sit down. Doctor says, so step into the story with us here yeah, yep. at so, the doc's so, office. So, so this is, so, I'm relating this because maybe you're even you're a, you're an aspiring leader. Yeah. Maybe you're maybe you're an aspiring entrepreneur. So some of these things may not maybe you've not experienced the inner workings of being a leader yet. Right. You're that guy who just got hired. You're day six, and your dream and your passion is to be a leader. Yep. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put this in a scenario to where this will make sense. You go to a doctor first of all. Us men, let's not hide from it. We're terrified. We're embarrassed. We're uncomfortable. I'm also I'm often self-deprecating about it. Like when I go into the doc's office, and I know it's going to be blood work day. I know they're going, and I'm like, hey, you know, I'm I'm a little nervous about needles now. I'm a little. Oh, I, I'm get that I'm, J tip. I'm six right? six. I'm a massively intimidating guy. I'm very rough around the edges. I literally go in. I just went and got my blood work done not too long ago. I sat down. The lady said. Okay, which arm? I was like, well, I don't know. Um, neither, preferably. Yeah, we'd rather do neither. Can we? Can you yeah. just? And it's not. It's not even. I'll be honest with you. It's not even the needles. I have tattoos. It's not even the needles. The moment they put that rubber band around my arm, mm. I think it's a control thing. Mm. Mm. I'm I can't, restricted. Can't stand it. I can't turn back from that. Same. Yeah. All right. So we're in the doc's office. So you go to the doctor. What do we? What do most of us do when we know we just have that? That annual checkup, I'm going in, they're going to weigh me, which I actually never really understood because, you know, you have shoes on and they never tell you to empty your pockets. And, you know, it's oh, I like, empty my pockets. Oh, I, 100% I would, empty if, my if it, pockets. If it wouldn't get me arrested, I, want, I would probably strip down right there I, in the I hallway. I want to be clear. And I want to make sure that you know my real weight. I want every ounce. Yeah. 
So you do that. You go in the room. You know, they, they hook you up to the blood pressure monitor, right? They turn it away from you so you don't even actually get to see what it is. They don't tell you. True. Unless you get a, mm. Yeah, that's bad. Mm. Ooh. Oh. Oh. What, what was that? Yeah. You know, what, what, what's going on here? Excuse me, ma'am. Was that a? Excuse me, sir. What was that's that? Right. So, um, so you do that, right? Then they ask your questions. Um, you know, my, I tell you what, it's, it's actually really cool. And it's a, definitely a topic for another, another episode, but, but my doctor's office, um, I, I can't speak to if they do it for females, but definitely what they do for us is, is more male themed, but every six months they do a, um, depression screening oh, I when love you come that. in. Yeah. Great. It's so awesome. they go through and ask a series yeah. of questions and ask Fantastic. you about certain things and those kinds of, which I think is great. I think Me- mental health doesn't get talked about enough. Yeah. I think that's, I think it's huge. And that is another topic for another podcast, but that is something that is. So that's, this is what happens in my time. Right? You go, you, you, you know, you weigh, you, you blood pressure. They ask if anything's changed. Are you on any kind of medicine? Are you taking anything new? Anything I need to be aware of? All that. And what do we do? It's these canned responses. Nope. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Doctor walks in. So how we doing? I'm great. I'm great. I'm good. Well, guess what? She knows you're a liar. Right? She, she knows you're a liar. All of us have something going on, whether it's a cold or you just had the flu. Yeah. You're not telling her. I haven't slept in three nights. Yeah. You didn't tell her. Right. So we're not, you know, again, it's that it's think of that. That's what that employee's doing. It's not that they don't want to tell you. It's not that they don't want to talk about it. They're terrified. I'm going to tell you why they're terrified that now they actually have to face their problems. They're terrified that it may result in them not working there anymore. They're terrified that it's actually going to what they what they fear that this actually isn't the place for them. Could be true. Could be true. Yeah. I, I, do, I do think sometimes it if we go back to the leadership perspective and leader perspective. I do think there is sometimes employees don't know yet that you care. And so you have to you have to find a way to. But that, sh- but, that, that. but that goes back. It does of what we talk about of culture of influence. That's right. From the interview to the exit, the exit. That's right. I don't. It's, I don't think they want. But interview. I don't think most people do. Yeah, agreed. I. I don't. I don't think most people are exposing themselves from a culture standpoint in their very first meeting and conversation with you. Yeah, and. We all have a personal culture and most, most likely if you, if you own the business or you're a CEO, unless you've, unless you're at a, what I would call a dinosaur company, like a legacy company yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's been around for a long time, that culture was defined before you ever got there. You'll probably never change it as a CEO. You can change micro culture. You're never going to change the culture of the business, right? Unless something major happens like, you know, in our news recently, Papa John's or different things a like shift. they had a massive, yeah, massive thing shift. happen yeah. um, that they like, you have to change it. Right. So Starbucks went through it recently with some Correct. different things. You have like something egregious happens and you have to address it. Well, if you establish that culture from day one, not day one, I've hired you. Everybody, and this goes both ways on both sides of the table. When you interview, you're, you don't sit down. Most people don't. I will sit down and I will tell you 
how jacked up I am. Well, so that's what I was going to ask you is what are some, for the folks listening, like uh, one or two strategies that you use to establish that sense of culture day one? I, I don't put on any act. I don't put on, I don't, I don't dress for the interview. Why would I, and we talked about dress code and those kind of things, you know, in one of the previous podcasts, but you know, why would I put something on? It's not my funeral. Sure. Right? Why, why would I, why would I dress for something when you're going to be around me every day and I'm going to be not like that? I have a, you, you probably haven't figured it out at this point, but trying to definitely keep it more professional. But, um, I, I don't hold my tongue, right? Foul language is just part of how I express myself and communicate. You've done really well though. So far. I have. Podcast. Um, it won't always be like that. I'm, <laughs> sure, I'll okay. go, I'm sure I'll go on a rant at that's some point, right. but I do that because I don't want them to be surprised. Hmm. You walk in and the first thing I say to you when you bring me something, I says, and I say, well, why are you bringing me this shit? And you've never heard me say as much as damn in an interview. You're going to be like, oh my God, I'm a big guy. I'm something's intimidated. Something's wrong. Yeah, something's wrong. And I'm wrong. probably not just going to end at that. I'm going right. to keep going into something else. Yeah. Right? And that's going to be like, <gasps> Yeah. Whereas if I, if you're aware of that's how I communicate from the beginning, you're not going to take it as anything. You're going to just see it as I'm a passionate guy who... That's how I express myself. So it's that culture. So what do I do? I am that way. I state that, look, I'm, I have no, you're going to have to tell me who you are because I don't look at resumes. I don't look at resumes. Some people think I don't do that because I'm, yes, it's def, I definitely go off of a feel. I do that to establish, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, this is part of it, so I don't care to share some of these things. And it's not like a, like a Jedi mind trick. I do it because if I look at you and tell you a couple things, I'm willing to tell you that you spent two and a half hours on something and I don't care about it. And I know you spent two and a half hours on it. Wow. Okay. Meaning that doesn't actually matter. And what I'm also saying is I don't care what you tell me. I want to see what you show me. Sure. Because everybody makes them. It's like the first date. You go on a first date, you go with your haircut. Sure. You know, you iron that you look shirt. Good. Iron everything. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. When you and Angie have dinner tonight, you're probably not going to go put your best outfit on, splash some cologne on, take a shower before dinner. Probably not going to do that. I haven't showered in two days, and I'm, I'm probably not going to shower before I sit down and have dinner. And this entire time, Brad and I have been hanging out, I thought it was me who needed a shower. So I'm just feel, being honest. Listen, this is about be. I'm just transparent right now. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you're establishing the wrong thing, right? Mm -hmm. Now, that happens in our personal life. Sure. No, who sits down on a first date and says, "Here's all the things that are screwed up about me." I'm. You you know what you know who it happens to the successful relationships. Absolutely. That's where that's yeah, where I, that happens. I, I I actually here are the things that I I actually have a story and and we'll I, we won't tell it on this one. Um, but, but we'll, we'll, we'll do a podcast where, you know, owning, owning all of your faults and why it's good to sing it to the world is a positive thing. Yeah. And, and I will, and I, I did this in my relationship that I am, you know, with my wife now, 
And I would argue, because it sets the expectation. It goes back, to, I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, it sets the expectation. If you're in a dating relationship and then you get engaged and you get married and you've all you've said, if all you ever told Angie was, you know, I just want to spend so much time with you and, you know, I'm going to be around all the time. You know, I, you know I'm going to be home for dinner every night. I'm never going to miss anything. I can't. It's not reality, man. Well, no, no. It's not reality. Yeah. But we, we, because we think we have to sell a version of us is not genuine and real. Right. The unfortunate part about that is when you do that over a certain period of time, that becomes the expectation sure. that you can't live up to. Sure. So now when money's tight and you got to get a second job and you're working 18 hours a day, she understands that you got to make money, but now you look like you're a liar. And you didn't meet expectation. Same so thing. I put all the expectation the other way. As a leader, I'm going to tell you how screwed up I am. I'm not going to, don't expect anything from me. As an I, so, you know, don't miss this. You know, Shane's talking from a personal perspective about how he runs his business as an entrepreneur and owner and sitting down and setting the expectation is one of the, one of the most critical things we can do because it, it sets a tone of transparency and it sets a tone of authenticity. And yeah, it, it does. It, it does. And, it just set, it, 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 it makes it clear. Right. So, so, you know, kind of, you know, wrapping it up in some ways is, you know, I, you know, I, I, you know, I, I walked you through that doctor's visit, right. And that doctor looks at you and says, what they ask you if you're obviously you're getting different questions. If you're a male or a female, if you're 35 or if you're 25 or 55 you're getting a different set of questions sure they know what to ask you because they know history and data and science tells them at these ages if you're this gender these are the issues you're going to have yeah they know right it's predictive analytics in a lot of ways for them for sure right so they're going to look at it and they're going to say okay well how's this going for you are you sleeping at night or you're an entrepreneur Oh, you're traveling. You're going to Australia for three weeks. Right. How's your family dealing with that? Do you think she actually cares how my family's doing? No. She wants to see my reaction to see how I'm emotionally dealing with it. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it's the same thing, except it's the other way around. So actually, if you're not a leader, if you're not in a position of authority, you actually can help management with this and Helping management isn't going to him and saying, hey, you suck as a leader. I just listened to this podcast, and you should be coming to me and asking me what's going it's on. It's not in a good life. idea. That will get you fired. Not a good idea. Don't. Like, Shane and Brad. We're uh, not recommending you. On the that. Culture of Influence podcast, do not recommend that. That's Ever. a strategy. Ever. Uh, unless it's so toxic. Just leave. That you leave. Yeah, just leave. Yeah. Just quit your job. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I've yeah. talked to countless people across the country. And the advice I've given them is you, you need to find an exit strategy. Yes. It's not getting better. But if you like where you work, yeah, you, you love, love where you work, you're passionate and you it. want to keep it, and you right. care about your team, and you care about the environment, I'm going to flip it. Ask to have a meeting with your senior management. Can I sit down and have a chat? Absolutely. I've got some things going on in my life I'd like to share with you guys, and here's what's going on. And I've got some team members that I know are going through some things. So I would, I'm new here and you know, I want you guys to understand cause I don't want you to think that I don't care about my job, that I don't care about what I'm doing, but here's what's going on in my life. And I would also like to know how 
or what do we have in place or what is best practice here within the culture of what you guys have on helping others that if we're aware that they're going through some things. So what will that do? That will get them thinking if they haven't ever thought about it. And some people haven't. Yeah. Right. But it will get them thinking and saying, oh, man, what do we need to do? Well, I'm going to start. Oh, you know what? They'll probably walk out of that meeting if there's at least one smart person in that in the in in the meeting with you. And they'll probably call some one on ones. Let's find out what's going on with the team. Something's going on. Yeah. Something's going on. I think the first thing they're going to be is surprised. Because they're not used to people having conversations with them from that You're not, perspective. I mean, that means unless they actually realize that they have to dig in with people, they're going to have a bunch of people sitting down and lie to them. Yeah, right, right, right. I, when I, I got, uh, I won't name the company, but I was working with a large multinational uh, in South Florida for a, a couple of years. I went to my boss and I, I was trying to live a healthy lifestyle and I was trying to get home on time to get to the gym. And if I left... 15 minutes earlier I could beat this traffic home and um it, but if I left 15 minutes if I left you know like five o'clock or whatever it, I would sit in traffic for an hour and a half and uh, I remember going to my boss and asking this question about leaving a little bit early and here's the reason why and I would come in 30 minutes earlier 15 minutes earlier whatever I needed to make up for the time and she was so shocked that I I had asked that question now to be honest with you I was too naive to know why she was shocked I, I didn't understand what was going on but I re- I'll never forget her reaction. Um, but you know what? She let me leave. She understood. She understood what I was asking. I wasn't asking to get out of work. I wasn't asking to slack off. I was asking to be my best self. And she was able to recognize that. Now, that's a huge credit to her. And she was an amazing, amazing leader. Uh, somebody that I think back in my life and have really learned to grow and appreciate. Yeah, none of us are, listen, none of us are perfect. We're all a growing, evolving thing. And, you know, again, it goes back. And so now the other side of it, right? Now you are the leader. Yeah. You're listening to this and it's hitting you right right square between the eyes. I would say 100% in the next 24 hours, have a one-on-one with every employee on your team. Just ask. It might be four minutes. It might be 40 minutes. Look, I'm telling you, your team's thirsting for that conversation. They're, they're absolutely, they cannot wait to talk to you, but it's going to take some trust. It's going to take some accountability. And if you've never done it before. Yeah. It's going to feel weird. It's kind of like you've been married for 40 years and your husband has done something that's absolutely irritated the daylights out of you for the last 37 years. Yeah, and now you just bring it up. It's going to come out of the blue. Somebody's going to be pissed. Yeah. It's it, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, for sure. We're, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need I'm I'm gonna need a rum and coke after this. Yeah, well, that's not a bad idea. That's not yeah, a bad idea. Maybe before. Maybe I should do this. Before. It's possible. So so you know, sit down, have that have that checkup. Look at like and Brad stated it at the beginning of this. It's it's the health of your culture. It's the health of your business. It is what is going to keep you on the right path. Right when when all else fails, when the the stuff hits the fan when you're scared, when you're an entrepreneur and you don't know how you're going to make payroll and you're terrified and you can't tell anybody. And then you have an employee that comes to you and they've got some life changing thing and you're literally trying to figure out how you're going to pay payroll next week. You got to still come off. It's not about you. Yeah. 
It's not about you. So as we kind of as we as we look to kind of wrap this up, wrap up this episode, a culture of influence is about a couple of things. Um, and you've heard us talk about these throughout the the conversation today. Culture of influence is about uh, transparency. Uh, it's about accountability, and it's about having the courage to have the challenging conversations that we know we need to have. Uh, a culture of influence is a healthy culture, and there are some. Um, there are some important things to keep in mind as a leader as you move forward and you try to drive uh, a culture of influence within your organization, for sure. Absolutely, and I think I think we, you know, I, I think this would be a really really good place. And and throughout this, things are going to live and breathe and kind of come to life. And and anything that we kind of offer up or add to, you know, we'll kind of add as a as a bonus, if you will, to kind of with the book. So meaning, you know, there'll be some things you can download that will kind of go along with the book. Absolutely. Um, so, so, so what we'll do is we'll actually put a, we'll actually put a, you know, a, you know, your, your, your checkup, we'll put a checkup list of some things and how you can ignite some of those conversations, you know, how you can and, you know, and, and we'll put some of the difficult things in there. Kind of like an intake form when you go to the doc's office. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so we'll do that. Look for that um, you'll website. be able to find them on the website, uh, culture of influence, culture of influence.com is where everything will live. You can find me on the socials. You can hit me up. Well, I'm, I'll send it to you. Look, you don't have to buy the book. I don't care if you buy the book. I mean, I care if you buy the book, but I don't care. If I, you want buy the you book. To, I want you to be moved by the book. Yeah, Whether yeah, or not yeah. you buy the book is yeah. not or, or just the content, me. right. Or just what we're doing here. So, you know, at the Shane Howard, hit me up, say, Hey, can I have that? You know, can I have that? Uh, can I have that checkup form that I need for my staff? So or, can, can, or, 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 Hey, can I have that checkup form so I can slide it under my boss's door? Yeah. hundred percent. Absolutely. So where can they find you on the social at the Shane Howard? All right. You can find me at Dr. B shuck. That's this at D R B shuck. S H U C K. And this has been, uh, it's been an awesome episode. Culture of influence guys. Absolutely. Thank you guys for tuning in and, uh, share us on whatever platform that you're listening to this podcast you know find the url let your let your staff let your team members let your friends let your kids let your you know your your teammates let them know share it out would love to hear what you like would love to hear what you don't like if you do love this podcast wherever you're listening go give us a five-star review we really appreciate it